Hey guys, it's Kelly. I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. So today I have a really good friend of mine as a guest. He is the host of the Your World Within Podcast, Eddie Pinero. How are you? Kelly, I'm so good. So happy to be here. I feel like it's been a long time coming, you know? Yeah, I have been stalking you on all social media platforms for quite a few months. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually it's, it's, uh... created a Twitter to stalk you and be like, come on my podcast. <laughs> Oh my God, that's right. That's right. Because I uh, I don't look at DMs on uh, what's the app that I'm thinking? TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I was like, oh my God, I usually see you live on uh, on TikTok. Mm, I pissed off the TikTok gods and got banned for a while. I know no, when you came than... into my live once, every, after you left, everyone's like, who was that? I'm like, he, I was like, the Your World Within podcast, they're like, whoa why did he come in i'm like i don't know he likes me i don't know why <laughs> no every every time you're live like when when i open that app uh it's always one of the first things i see it's cool you should come in and do a dual live with me so everyone can see your famousness oh my god <laughs> that'd be fun though that'd be fun to chat yeah it would be i really appreciate you coming on i'm like starstruck right now i've been like nervous for like four days my husband's like, don't cancel, don't cancel. I'm like, I think I need to cancel. My stomach is killing me. <laughs> oh my god, I can I can promise you absolutely nothing to uh, to be nervous about. You're the biggest podcaster I've ever interviewed, so I'm just a little baby one. So <laughs> a little yeah, weird. Well, you know, this is uh, this is the uh, the the floor now. Next week, you got to get a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger. I'm trying, but it's a lot of work and I do it all by myself. So it's hard to like get out of bed and be like, yeah, I got to go edit. I hate editing. I really do. Yeah. Editing stuff. Do you, do you have a, like a, I know you said, I think you do like a week, week and a half between podcasts. Is it just kind of like whenever you have the episode, you'll put it out or do you, do you have yeah. like a scheduled? Yeah. Yeah. I just record when I feel like it, when I'm bored. I have like three recorded that I haven't even posted yet. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm lazy. That's No, that's good. That's good to have them in the bucket. Honest to God, that was one of, for like the first five years, I just kind of threw stuff out whenever. I mean, it was relatively consistent, but I swear to you. And I'm like, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7.30 a.m., something's going out. I don't care what happens. It's a huge, huge, huge difference. I know I'm always getting YouTube alerts, and I'm like, God, he wakes up early. I was like, I hope you recorded it like four days ago and didn't just nail this out this quickly because I just kind of go with it. <laughs> yeah, no, you can schedule them. Yeah, That's I need to learn how to do that. So how did you get started into podcasting and the motivational speaking? Because like you seriously interfere with my desire to be the laziest person on the planet. <laughs> I have never heard it put that way. That's so <laughs> funny, like a reverse negative. Oh my God. Um. Well, the interesting thing is it wasn't, I didn't know it was a podcast. Like I didn't call it a podcast till like two years ago. Um, it was kind of like uh, doing, well, without giving you my life story, like an important thing is like I was in a career path that I really didn't enjoy. And so it was like learning that I didn't like that and then just trying things. Like mm. I'm, I like creative stuff. I was like writing music and making videos and creative writing and just kind of doing that stuff. And, uh, 
realized it was hard <laughs> and liked <laughs> liked coaching myself through it and writing about kind of the trials and tribulations and like yeah it was just youtube you know what i mean it was just strictly youtube and like i would find something i'm going through and i would create i wanted to make like a little apple commercial type thing you know yeah. that feeling like where they sell you an iphone without showing you an iphone it just feels good and i'm like i want to make people feel good telling stories and that's kind of what it was and then uh it's amazing though like because it was i just called it videos for you know i make videos digital creator for five years and then when i'm like whoa that exact same audio is why is it not a podcast like just take mm -hmm. it and make it a pod and it reached an entirely new demo of people so that was a very long way of saying like i i didn't uh set out to make a podcast i set out to uh tell stories and make videos and realized in that was a podcast and so yeah that's kind of how i started too like i was doing the videos on tiktok sharing my story and it's just so obnoxious doing a tiktok video because you got to fit it in 60 seconds mm -hmm. you have to catch the audience in the first like four seconds so everyone was just like do a podcast do a podcast and i remember the video i made i'm like all right guys you win i'm gonna make a podcast and you commented and said you I remember me that out. video and I was yeah. like, I didn't even know who you were really then. And then like I Googled you and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, 44 million views, listens. Why, why is this dude helping me? That's like Jack Nicholson giving me acting lessons. Like, what oh is God. this? Well, was, you're pumping up my ego. I appreciate it. <laughs> dude, I'm no. a huge fan. Like if you ever start a cult, I'm going to be like your first member. You're awesome. You're <laughs> awesome. I, I, I just think what you say is so important. And like, it's, it's Thank hard uh, to, to your point, like the TikTok game is like, it's not even substance, really. It's flash. Like what did you say? Four mm -hmm. seconds. I don't know if you're exaggerating or not, but that feels right. It's like you have, yeah. like, you know, you got to It's a, it's anyway, long story short, when you said that, I'm like, for her to be bringing people off this platform onto something long form where they can get to know you and like really hear about mm -hmm. your message. I'm like, that's awesome. It's easier too. Cause I don't have time constraints. I don't have to like rhyme words that are going to get my videos flagged and I can just do it whenever. Cause algorithms on social media, like you have to be consistent and post yeah. every day and the same amount every day. I'm lazy <laughs> I don't want to do it, but I like the so, podcast. Random question on that. So, cause I see words and they're like, not even, I guess they're like not pleasant words, but like, and people switch it. Like, uh, is that an intentional thing or is, are the apps that they're recording with flagging it and doing it for them? Like, how do they know that a word should be switched? Well, it's, you kind of figure it out after you have enough videos taken down or get enough warnings. I, um, I oh, haven't had tell you, yeah, I haven't had too okay. many problems on TikTok, but I've had a lot of warnings on Facebook and you just rhyme them. Like I'll say grape or like corn <laughs> and use yeah, a little emojis what I was thinking of. and stuff. And you just kind of figure it out as you go along, as you get taken down. I mean, I'm on my fourth TikTok account and I think I might need to start a new one because it's just, <laughs> it's not moving at all. It's a circus. It shouldn't be like that. If you're putting out good, genuine content, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, I mean, I get the reasoning behind talking, like not being able to say rape or things like that. Like 
if you're using it in a certain context, but the context I'm using it in is for awareness. I think that should be allowed, but that's what I mean. Yeah. The, uh, the only time I've been flagged, it was for misinformation was on Instagram. When I put out a video about a quote from, was it Einstein or Twain? I Maybe Mark Twain. I don't know. Uh, but the idea that uh did he call in and say that you misquoted him? that's what i mean i'm like come on and when you google the when you google the quote like there's no people don't really know where it's from it's attributed to i think it is mark twain it's attributed to mark twain but like people don't really know um oh what was the quote <coughs> I bet it'll was, come to me he was, it was real about, offended it was him yeah, he mass yeah. reported <laughs> I'm like, with everything going on, really? That's what you guys are doing? Pulling mm-hmm. down the, uh, my Mark Twain quote. And I love your podcast, though. I listen to it when I, I'm on my exercise bike. Um, sometimes I'm in bed and then I'm like, damn it. Now I'm all like pumped and I got to go yeah. do something. So I grab a glass of wine and it goes away. <laughs> but... <laughs> it's like wine or the bike. That's the that's the inflection point. Yeah, pretty much. It's gotcha. and the wine's a little further than the bike, but it tastes better. So <laughs> Yeah. But it's, it's how how do you know how to be so motivational? Like does it just flow or do you have to like fight for it? So I'm going I can go off of uh the feedback I get and like the north star, like what I'm trying to, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like Cause there could be someone that disagrees with this, that watches my content, you know, but like my, my thought is, um, you know, I, I, I think constant positivity is detrimental. The idea of it, I think it's wrong mm-hmm. and I think it's misleading. And I think, you know, whether, you know, you're like you or I starting a podcast, whether you're a teacher, a cop, an athlete, an actor, actress, I mean, you name it. It's like, we go through the same stuff the same trials and tribulations and so i just like as i'm going through things like documenting them and talking about hey i did this and i got my ass kicked uh but here's the value and here's what i'd do again if i had an opportunity again and here's what i think you can do with that and i think when you have that story uh and you're keeping your eyes open to try and extract wisdom from it people appreciate it you know it's like it's a hack for someone listening to it because they're like okay now i don't have to touch the stove i'll know i'll burn my hand or like maybe it gives you a little perspective shift that uh would have changed uh your approach but that's kind of how i look at it like i really struggle with the term motivation but you know part of my growth was understanding that i can't be stubborn with that because if i don't yeah. use the right keywords stuff just dies and doesn't reach anybody so like that's how i bucket it but it's just it's life stories and it's insights and uh you know the idea is hey this is valuable to me hopefully it'll help you you know yeah as i know a lot of them <clears throat> excuse me have helped with my recovery even just the letting go things that you talk about a mm. lot and how like tomorrow's a different day but it's like I hate saying it, but I feel like there's a lot of survivors of trauma that just get so wrapped up in their trauma and completely identify it by it that they don't realize that they're a person too. And they're a person outside of it. I get, and I, I know I get frustrated because that's all I talk about on social media is about my story. And I'm just like dying to talk about something different because I just, mm-hmm. I don't want to identify myself as a survivor of trafficking. Like I'm so much other things. I'm a mom, a wife, 
a Netflix binger. <laughs> First and foremost. I'm oh, an owner God. of eight turtles because I'm just obsessed with turtles for some reason. But it's oh, wow. it's like some of the stuff you talk about, I'm just like, huh, I totally feel that. And then there was that video yesterday about you said something about people constantly telling you you're wrong. And I made the comment about my kid. He's yeah. He is. <laughs> chasing you around oh what was the context of the i put out so many videos i don't even remember um i don't remember i just know you're saying someone like your coworker or boss telling you you're not like a good worker or something like that and i was just like yeah my kid tells me i'm wrong all the time except he's <laughs> right yeah, he's so smart he, he made me pay for this game and it was some arrow game he's nine by the way and he's like, I can't play this. It defies the laws of physics. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> You're nine. Who cares yeah. if it defies the laws of physics? And, and then like, I, mom, this goes against my integrity. I can't, I can't play this. <laughs> well, I also have to do Wordle every day too. And I was like, hey, I got it on the second guess. He's like, how many yellows did you get? And I was like, on your first guess, I was like three. Then he starts going on with like probability and stuff. He's like, so at the end of the day, it's really not that impressive, mom. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> like, That's awesome. It's like you, you, make me, have... you make me feel so smart. I love that I get to homeschool a nine-year-old that's smarter than me. He really is though. It's crazy. See, but you get to take the credit for that, you know, homeschool them, turn them into a genius. I don't have to turn him. He is a genius all on his own. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Kid, no, that's the awesome. Kid's been sobbing Rubik's Cube since he was four. Wow. I mixed it all up and handed it to him. He handed it back to me like 20 minutes later. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you solved that? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you looked it up on the internet, did you? He's like, no, I. I'm like, because only geniuses can solve these things that fast, kid. He's like, well, I guess I'm a genius. I'm like, okay. That's incredible. See, that's one of those things like uh, when people ask, you know, talk about like dreams and doing anything and, you know, stuff that you put your mind to. Right. And it's like the answer is always yes with an asterisk. Right. So like math for me, like I am not your son. I, I like I'm no adequate, is. adequate, but like it's just not my jam. And like if I gave my entire life to math. I'd be above average, maybe even pretty good to good, but I'd never be able to rock a Rubik's cube. You know what I mean? Like, it's just my brain. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. And so like, yeah, it's finding that intersection of uh, what you love doing and like your innate talents. I think if you're lucky enough to find that and you look for that, that's, you know. I always thought I was a writer and I had a blog for a while. It's down now. I deleted it because it just wasn't that good. And then. When I started doing the podcast, I was like, holy shit, I'm not a writer. I'm a speaker. Like, it's just so much easier. Mm. I was like, my hand doesn't hurt nearly as much when I do a podcast. Do you, but, do you find that that writing your thoughts helps you realize things and like get that stuff onto paper or not at all? I, you know, they always tell me to journal and then I'd never really know what to write down. So I used to... um I used to just talk to people about things. And now it's like my podcast is my journal. Like I'll just be sitting in my room and thinking. And then I'm like, oh, I should go talk about that. And I just come and just start recording. And so I just use my podcast as my journal. It's a lot easier. 
Yeah, it's amazing how different people are. Like I've I have I've I've heard someone say that to me before. It's like verbally like having conversations helps you put things together. Like for me, it's not the case at all. Like for me, it's when I I type it like I almost realize things or it helps me like piece things together and it's like, yeah, that's a good a good thought or a good idea or you know, you almost like I formulate opinions when I write too. Yeah. So it just helps me uh get that out. I've been attempting to write a book for like four years. I have like maybe 20 pages written because really? I'm just, I can't keep focused when I'm writing. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to write a lot, but I didn't have a voice then. I wasn't allowed to talk to people. So mm. now I think that's why I like talking more because it's like a big, huge fuck you to them. It's like, I'm just going to talk. You can't stop me. Yeah. You could well, buy hey. all my books and burn them, but you can't stop me from talking. You got to do you. You got to do what feels right, you know? Yeah. So you've done uh, a TED Talk, haven't you? Said that. Yeah. What is yeah. that like? I've always wanted to do one. Um, You know what's funny? I've uh, I've done so many keynote speeches now. And, and the TEDx talk was like towards sort of the earlier part of my speaking career. And like, you know, a lot of people view that as like um, – I don't want to say a pinnacle because it's not like the top, but they, you know, they really place a high value on it. And like, yeah, for me, like while I met some just amazing people doing it and the experience was great and like a huge moment of growth. Like when I listen to that speech, I'm like, Oh, you know, it's just a moment. Oh, of, I liked it. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But from like a, a delivery standpoint, it was just uh, overdramatic, but I, I think, I think the message is incredibly valuable. Yeah. Um, it's but hard. It it's hard that line. Like I never know if I cross the line into being too graphic or too dramatic or too whatever. Like it's hard when you're just sitting there trying to determine what to say. Because like I gave my story, I gave a speech. It was November of 2019, telling mm. my story for the first time publicly. I was so nervous. It was on the third floor of a football stadium and I'm like terrified of heights and the podium was right in front of a window. So I had like the owner of the organization and my advocate stand behind me. I'm like, I'll go right through that window. Like you need to like grab me if I fall backwards. And, but it was like, once I just started talking and looking around and everyone was like staring at me like this, I mean, I'm sure, you know, like that way when they're just like so hyper-focused, it was like the most amazing thing. Is it's that really what like cool. is that what TED Talks is like? Like people just stare at you like mesmerized. Uh, yeah, they're just it's uh it's like any audience. Like to your point, like when you're on stage, everyone's looking up at you, it feels bigger than it it is. And I think it was a point for growth because um maybe like okay, so you know how when you do reps, like you've been podcasting for a while, like you yeah. you learn the best way to communicate, you learn what feels more you, like what's more authentic. You try things, you listen to people and maybe find pieces that you like and try and try them on your stuff. And and it's just like it's a big uh, progression. So like at that time, it was so early that like I would memorize, right? And it was it was an actor performing mm, as opposed yeah. to the sort of like you have a message and sure, you have your structure and your framework, but you're chatting with people and, you know, you're having a conversation and you're putting them at ease 
And so it's just, it, it took me a long time to get there. And that was sort of the very beginning, you know, but like the process was fun. Like you, you apply and they pick, I think it was like 10 or 12 people. And, uh, we'd go to rehearsals and really get to know each other and, you know, hang out, uh, in between sessions. And, uh, you know, it's definitely so cool. an incredible experience. Yeah. It was fun. I always wanted to, if I apply and say that you're my best friend, do you think they'll pick me better? <laughs> I think they'll pick you because of your story and you're a great speaker. That's what I'm going to try it. But I'll, I'll vouch for you for sure. Awesome. Can yeah, you get me verified on TikTok too? How did you do that? I just, just like one day opened up. I'm like, oh, there's a blue check. He's verified. There's no email or anything. Like you just open it up. Yeah. And they just do it out of nowhere. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I would try to get my favorite bands verified. I keep like tagging TikTok in it. So they're not listening to me. Who's who's your favorite band? Uh Citizen Soldier. They're um they're like a local band out of Utah, but the um lead singer struggled with depression and um suicidal thoughts and stuff. So all of his songs are about recovery and he's like the musical version of you. Um mm. but they're amazing. They're like a rock band, but it's like their music just hits so deep. I'm like, whoa, like every song I listen to, I cry. Oh, wow. I'll They're to, really good. Yeah. And it's I, I actually reached out to them when my daughter graduated last year. Well, two years ago, technically. And I was like, she's a huge fan. I'm so proud of her. She graduated like National Honor Society, uh, delegates of Congress, a bunch of leadership things. Like she just, she kicked ass and got into every college she applied to. Like, can you just send her something? I'll pay for it. And they're like, no, it's fine. They sent her, they all wrote her letters and sent her a bunch of autographed albums. She's like, how did you do this? I'm like, I just asked. <laughs> That's awesome. But like her friends are sending me all their favorite bands. Like one sent me Metallica. I'm like, I don't think I have that much reach to get Metallica to send you something. I could try, but hey, it doesn't happen if you don't ask, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's how I ended up getting you on here because you made a video saying that, and I was like, so what you're saying is I had to ask you to be on my podcast, and you're like, yeah, sure, I'll come on. I'm like, oh my god, what? <laughs> that's what i mean that's what i mean and so and, and it's almost like you have to remember like the guy that knew your podcast when you were i think it was what getting your phone well i've only used my phone once but yeah whatever it is yeah yeah so like there will be a point where he'll be like hey kelly what's up i need your help with something and you'll be like i know what this is like yeah what's on what's going on well i've helped you know? i have a couple of friends that do podcasts that i've helped with and they're like how do you know all this stuff and i'm like Oh, I was taught. I think that's a thing in the podcast community where you kind of just help people out. Yeah. So it's a big yeah, community. Cool. It's huge. <laughs> yeah. One out of every three people, I feel like, is 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 doing it, you know? Yeah. I'm actually going to awesome. be a, a guest on my friends next week. It's a political one, but it'll be Kelly, nice. Be it's careful. Gonna be ni it's going to be nice to talk about. It is. It's a fun battlefield, though. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's just going to be nice to not have to talk about sex trafficking. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, lo I love sharing my story. I love giving the awareness and educating people. But it is exhausting to constantly talk about it all the time. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. That's that was a joke, I, by the way, about being careful. Like, that's fine. <laughs> what do you think I'm being serious? <laughs> no, it's fine. But it's like a lot of times I do. I listen to your episodes and then I record mine because then I'm like pumped and I'm ready. And I'm like, I'm going to take down the world 
got this. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what it's about, you know? It's amazing how, like, one little thing... I can't tell you how many times I've, like, heard a song or a line or, like, something happens and you're just, like, shot out of a cannon, you know? That's when mm-hmm. you have to... Oh, where did I see that? I don't remember where I saw that, but someone talked about that. Like, those little moments of inspiration, like, you have to cash those in because they... uh they're fleeting, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'll see something in the news and uh, it'll annoy me about how, or like, I'll watch like a movie and it's like how things are portrayed about trafficking. And then I'm just like, oh, now I got to get up and get my recording equipment out and make an episode about it. And then I just start talking and then I'm like, shit, it's at like 45 minutes. I should probably wrap it up sometime soon. Yeah. Because a lot of your message is reacting to like real time news, mm-hmm. so you're like, yeah, you're you're on the ball with that stuff. Someday I'd like to be a motivational speaker. I think I could do it. I think that'd so be too. more. It has to be more motivating for myself, though. Like I said, like I like just laying in bed, watching TV, playing with my dog, perfectly happy with this life. But I want to get more done. It's just a matter of like figuring out how. Yeah. Well, okay, my thought goes two places. One, you definitely can, and it's very possible, uh, and I can help with that as far as just productivity pointing you to books. But, like, the, the other thing is, like, and I think this is what's wrong with the industry. Like, success and happiness and productivity looks so different to everybody. Like, yeah. completely different. You don't need to get up at four and go to the gym. It's Like, that's not, like, your thing, you know? And, like, you see so many people like, this is how you do it. Everyone who's success, it's like, no, some of the most successful people, people I know, like, you know, they'll wake up at 10. It's just how they are. They're they're better at night. Like there's no. I woke up 20 minutes before we started. See, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Different strokes for different folks. But if you, if you feel personally, like you're leaving stuff on the shelf, that's a different story or leaving stuff on the table. But, uh, but yeah, definitely not like one size fits all. Yeah. And it's like that in the survivor community too, when it comes to like your healing process. And it's like, I feel like the message out there is it is a one size fits all. You have to do this, 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 and this. And I have a friend of mine that's a survivor of trafficking too. And she's always messaging me like, cause her friends would say these things. And I'm just like, that's ridiculous. It's not true. Heal however you want, do it however you want, whatever works for you. I was like, yeah. I heal by arguing with people on Twitter. It makes me feel better. If that just do whatever makes you feel better. Yeah. That's a huge that's a huge message. Yeah. There's I, go ahead. Sorry. I, I try to get it out there, but it's like it's just everyone has this obsession with Epstein and this client list. And I get so much hate when I keep talking about like the client list, first off, doesn't really exist the way that people think it does. But it's not going to do anything to end trafficking because like it's just a small portion of the trafficking world. Like if I ever said my parents' names, nobody would know who they were. They're just nobodies, but they were huge traffickers. So it's like you can't have like a one size fits all healing and listing off names and forcing survivors to say things they're not comfortable with saying. Like I get asked the most inappropriate questions. I got asked how many STDs I have. I'm like not appropriate, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just not sure. The guy was like, I'm not sure if it's okay to ask what is okay to ask. I'm like, if you want to ask your friends, 
or a random person on the street probably don't ask me, (laughs) but it's like, it's hard because I, I get people like, it's not every day they get to talk to someone that's gone through this thing that they're hearing about all the time, especially someone that was close to the whole Epstein saga, but it's, it's exhausting. It is. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about that, but I actually had someone say, if I don't talk more about the elite in my podcast, they're not going to listen to it. I was like, I don't care. I've got 60,000 subscribers. I don't need one more. I'm not yeah. like, but it's like, everything's forced. It's like, everyone wants you to act a certain way in healing and sharing. And it's just like, dude, no. Which is I- amazing that people who have never walked that walk think that they, I don't know, place themselves in your shoe. Like, it's just, yeah i can't even imagine you know and i bet a lot of it's in good faith too but yeah i think people are coming from a good place and you know they have good intentions but it's just like why i mean there's hundreds if not thousands of victims that are in some way related to epstein and maxwell how come they're not out there screaming these things like you gotta trust us survivors like we know what keeps us safe we know what we're comfortable with but yeah and so just 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 for clarity because i'm i based on like our brief convo i have like a kind of understanding so people want this list exposed for accountability for these elites like they feel like injustices have occurred and they want justice and so in your your what you're saying is yeah but even if that list is out there one there's no leverage, like nothing's going to happen to those people. And two, the people Mm -mm. that they harmed, the victims will be at risk. Yeah. Well, number one, you need a corroborating victim in order to even press charges. The victim has to be the one to do it. Like, I can't just tell you, hey, go call about this person and they bring it the, like they go and arrest the person. The victim actually has to do it. They also have to testify. I mean, it's a lot. Um, after I escaped my parents, I was kidnapped by a man. His name is James and he was related to my parents, like not like cousin or anything, but, um, it was a five hour statement that I had to give. And I was luckily able to do it over the phone because of COVID, but I would have had to flown all the way to Maryland where it happened to sit down with detectives and talk to them. But I mean, it was like gruesome and it's Mm -hmm. like, you, you can't just say like, yeah, so he forced me to into prostitution. Like you had to give all the gory details, like all of it. It's so traumatizing because you have to relive it all over again. So it's frustrating. But then the other thing is, is he did not get arrested. So coming forward, telling the police my story, there wasn't enough evidence, which I kind of do understand. It was 10 years ago. And um, well, now, now it was longer than that at the time it was 10 years ago it's been 12 now but it's like the only thing that came out of me going to the police was he was notified that I made an allegation and I've been married I've been married since then so he got access to my new name so it's like is he going to come after me now because I talked about what he was doing so it's terrifying and that's why this like that's why there's not a lot of people that come forward It's Mm. one thing to share my story. I can keep the details to myself that I want to keep to myself. But talking to the authorities, you don't have that option. You have to say everything. And you have to say the actual words. Like, I I don't think I can say it on here, but like his thing penetrated my thing. You know, like you have to. Right. 
it's it's hard but it's like I think that like people just want to cling to Epstein and Maxwell even though they're not trafficking anyone currently because it just gives like a false sense of security that they're not going to be trafficked if it's only an elite and a rich person problem but I did a whole series on TikTok, which one, they went viral. One is over 2 million views showing just like my childhood homes. And I've had like on that one video, so many people trying to guess where it was at. No one has even even like even guessed the state. So it's like, I'm like, it's everyday neighborhoods that it's happening in. So mm. like, why are you like, why is everyone so hyper-focused on just two traffickers when it's I mean, I think it's like close to 90% of the time it's a family member that's trafficking their victim. Like they think it's people getting kidnapped. I just did a stitch on a video where someone's like, traffickers won't take you if you have tattoos because you'll be identifiable. I'm like, I hope this is a joke. Cause like, no, like, and I'm reading through the comments and everyone's like, oh, I'm taking my kid to get a tattoo tomorrow. I'm like, what? Like- Mm. doesn't even make sense <laughs> yeah but it, it is it's hard and it's um you know having that close relation being a cousin of epstein it's that was like mind-blowing to find out and then it's like once i said it out loud publicly then i was identified as epstein's victim and i hated it it's like he was one person that i was trafficked to and i am not him i'm not the people that did these things to me. I'm a survivor, you know, like I went through it. I came out on the other side, but I'm not a victim of this person. Like that's not my identity. Oh, oh God, I'm so sick. <laughs> I I see why that drives you crazy though. Cause that's like such a small portion of the bigger picture. Yeah. And it's like, if I think back, like I call them VIP clients. I don't know if they were politicians or not. I was a child. I mean, I could have met Nancy Pelosi and not even known it, Bill Clinton, anybody. Not Mm. saying that I know that they're involved, but I was a kid. I just knew because I was dressed different. I was taken in a nicer car. I went to a nicer house. Like That's just how I knew that they were more important people. So it's like a lot of people or bugging me about who did you see on the islands? I was a kid when I was on the islands. And the only time I remember being on the island, I don't remember anyone else but my family being there. So it's just like, like you guys are not really grasping the fact that I was a kid. So like people are like, was there constant traffic out front of your house? Like, oh, freaking no, I was a child. I didn't pay attention to that kind of stuff. I just know that people came over. It's hard. Yeah, it's a it's a whole different kind of vulnerability because like when I think of criticism online, I think of like malicious, you know, people being people when there's when there's just a keyboard between you and the the person, you don't have to say it to their face. It's easy to say stuff. But like in your situation, there's people that can cause harm thinking that they're doing good. Yeah. People asking questions that are just like, yeah, there's just an ignorance that uh, is it'd just be impossible for the, the audience at large to know. So that's uh, in that one, one way. I, that one, that? that STD one, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, that's, screenshotted that's... it. I'm like, I need Ooh. to keep this to remember how stupid people are. <laughs> I also had someone ask if I was forced to act like I enjoyed it during sales. I'm like, no, I'm not answering that question. Like, why would you ask that? Oh man. 
people my friend um she's a good friend of mine and she did an episode her husband was involved as a buyer she never knew until me and her met but she's like I feel like you're like a zoo animal like they just think they can ask you whatever I'm like I know I'm like the bearded lady at a circus like <laughs> do you think do you think uh because I know you said you you're entertaining this like do you think you'll pivot away from that topic eventually or do you think it's it's because it's such an important concept like you'll you'll stay there uh well I think I'm, I'll stay close to it maybe I'll move away from sharing my story and going more towards like recovery and awareness and that kind of stuff um that's obviously in the far future probably but it's I don't know I like talking about it because I never got to, but it does get exhausting. It'd be nice. Like sometimes I think about starting a second podcast and having two going, but I'm like, you know, I don't really have the motivation to do the one I have. I don't think starting a second one on a completely different topic would be good, but yeah. I do. I just, I want to get it through to people what trafficking actually is. Cause I started sharing my story with the whole Wayfair thing which I was just like sitting here watching video after video. I'm like, my God, none of this makes sense. Like at all. Like, why would people believe this? And then I did my first video uh, and I did it in a hypothetical way. I didn't, e I was scared to even like talk. So I just kind of just like did a voiceover on the video and ex uh, explained my experience at the dentist. And people are like, that's so far-fetched. And I'm like, you're literally thinking children are being sold on a furniture app, but someone being taken to a dentist is far-fetched. So then I was like, that, that this is true. It's it's my story. It would happen it happened to me. So that's kind of how it evolved into me sharing my story. And then because I started TikTok just to mess with my daughter and tell her that I could get more followers than her. Mm. And she got really mad when I did. <laughs> Cause she was like kind of stuck at 2000 and I went up to like 20,000 on my first account in like the first couple months. And then it just happened. I just started sharing and it felt good. So I just kept going with it, but I'd like to start an organization helping people. I'd like to yell at politicians to do better jobs at making laws. I actually want to go to school to be a lobbyist. It'd be mm. nice to get paid to yell at politicians every day. Oh my God. I bet. It's like the dream job. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just so important. Like, it's so cool, you know? And it, it feels like in a world where there's uh, so much, like, let me let me put it this way. There's a lack of depth to so much stuff. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's cool that you're, you're you know, standing up for something so important. I, I remember stepping off the plane uh, coming back from Christmas. And, like, <laughs> the first thing that uh, they say at the Fort Lauderdale airport is that there's like human trafficking amongst us. I don't remember the exact little. That's know, cool. I didn't know that. I've never flown into Lauderdale. I've driven there though. Yeah. It's like very clear. It's like, unfortunately it's in our community. So you need to be keeping an eye out for it. And it's just like, it makes it real. You know, it, do it definitely yeah. doesn't feel like the conspiratorial stuff. It's like, this is happening now, you know? Well, I got a puppy and I have, um, one of those uh like adjustable bases on my bed and she chewed all the wires off so it doesn't move anymore so i had to call the company that made it so i could get spare parts for it which obviously i'm not going to install just yet because she still has her little chewing issue 
Um, but they had a human trafficking statement and I opened it up and read it and it like, I love that they had it, but it also broke my heart because they said in the light of the Wayfair incident, this is the steps we're taking. And I'm just like, oh my God, a furniture store is, has to put out a statement on how they're fighting trafficking, which is great, but it's like, come on, like no one is buying a kid off of an app, like the desk I'm using right now, I bought off Wayfair. This, my shelf was Wayfair. Like Wayfair is all over my house. Yeah. No kid ever came with it. <laughs> I mean, if a maid would come with it, that'd be kind of cool because I hate cleaning. That'd be a treat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always laugh at my husband because I was just like, um, I, ca I call him my dishwasher. And one time I was talking to my friend and I was like, my dishwasher broke. I think I need to get it repaired. And he's like, it still works. I'm like, I'm talking about you. <laughs> is it, is it, do you guys split the cooking and cleaning? Uh, unfortunately, he has to do all of it. I miss it, but I have MS, so I can't do like repetitive motions. So I don't really do much of the cooking, but I did train him very well. He's a very good cook good for you that's important that's important everything he cooks is my recipes it's yeah he has a couple um i don't eat them like he makes like some kind of bacon and cheddar waffle which my kid loves but i'm just like this isn't a waffle it's like a sandwich mixed into a waffle batter like it's weird <laughs> when you put stuff on it it becomes a sandwich there's no question about that i i started doing the uh like i'm i'm weird with food like i'm more efficiency you know, like that's my priorities. So yeah. like there, are, there are those meal delivery things where it's just like clean food that you just kind of heat up. I'm not rich enough for that. Maybe I'll be famous like you someday and be able no, to afford that. <laughs> it's not too bad. It's really not. But... No, I, I was taught how to cook by my Italian grandmother. So it's like, we don't, oh, me I don't I measure anything like when my husband, like he made lasagna, he's like, what do I put in it? And I just listed off all the ingredients. He's like, okay, so how much of each? I'm like, I don't know until it tastes the way you want it to taste. And he's like, I don't know how I want it to taste. I'm like, give me the stuff. I'll show you. And he's just like pulling out measuring cups and stuff. And I'm like, mm -mm, you don't need that when you're Italian. <laughs> like, everyone's that's always hard. That's hard to pick up to to take on that torch when there's not even a recipe. You're like, you know, just till it tastes right. That's tough. Well, I can make pasta from scratch. And he's like, How do you do it? And I'm like, just get flour and an egg and this, this, and this. I'm not giving my recipes away. And he's like, How much of each? I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't measure. <laughs> and he's just like, I was like, just go like this like three times. He's like, how hard? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, just wave your hand three times. It should be enough. I was just like, but I suck at baking because you have to measure with baking. So mm. he does the baking. He makes me actually really good macarons. I don't know. Oh, cool. My my big, bad grunt vet. And he's in there making French cookies. <laughs> kind of badass. He is a badass. I love my husband. He's a good guy. I don't know why he puts up with me. I really don't. But we have a good relationship sometimes. Yeah. But he wasn't happy when I was like, um, can I get some new equipment for the recording with Eddie? He's like, I knew this was coming. I was waiting. 
thought it would happen sooner than this because it was like two days ago. New Year's Eve, we went and he's like, you're going to get the sure stuff, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. I was like, everyone uses it. I need to upgrade so I can be fancy. And he's like, you were fancy before, babe. I'm like, you're already getting laid, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh my God. All joke aside though, like that's, that's a solid investment. You got to have the, uh, you know, a good mic for the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I started little, I have, it's up there. It's uh, I had the blue Yeti, like just a little tiny baby one and it worked okay. great, but I need to be fancy. It does. All, I don't know. It has all these lights on it. I think like it's the volume or something. I don't know. Yeah. I got to read the thing. I'm just like, Ooh, lights shiny. And then I was like trying, I didn't know, like you tighten these things on the side to Mm. get it to stay in the same spot. So I was just like holding it like this, (laughs) my friend. And I was like, oh, wait, if I twist these, they tighten. I was like, this is cool. You want to know a fun fact about the Shure SM7B? Our podcasting mics. So Michael Jackson used it to record Thriller, which I No. Yeah. Yeah. My friend is obsessed with Michael Jackson. Yeah. I don't know if that's what one I have. I think it had a seven in it. It was one that has the one plug and the USB because I like the USB. The guy was trying to talk me into buying all this other stuff. I'm like, literally know what I want. He's like, yeah, you don't need much, you know, a mic well, and a was, computer. I told him it was for a podcast. And then when he was trying to sell me these headphones, he's like, you'll be able to hear your guitar a lot better. I'm like, I typically don't play the guitar on my podcast. I mean, I could try. I have one and I'm taking lessons, but yeah, it's for like, I don't need to hear what's behind me. It's a window, you know, the window doesn't, doesn't talk. He's like, oh, you're starting a podcast. Here's this Fender Stratocaster. (laughs) (laughs) This will help you. And then when after, after he was done, he's like, I'm not a salesperson. I was like, I didn't notice at all. That's funny. (laughs) A, A for effort, you know? Yeah, he tried. But he was trying to sell me like $300 headphones because he didn't want to get these ones up because you'd have to get up on the ladder. I'm like, I'll climb up that ladder. I want these ones. They're on sale for a hundred bucks. That's a lot for a pair of headphones. That is a lot. That is a lot. And I don't make any money off my podcast yet. I don't get like all the cool fancy sponsors and all that stuff. I'm just little old me. So my take on that as someone that's done it for a decade is like, if you can hold off on monetization as long as you can. I know there's some people that disagree with that sentiment, but like if you just worry about making your show better and adding value to people, like yeah, the curve goes up so quickly, so fast it's like, I don't, at a certain point. Like everyone tells me to join the creator fund on TikTok. I'm like, I don't want money. Like I'm not in it for the money. I want to stop people from getting trafficked and helps other survivors feel inspired enough and strong enough to share their voices. You know, why would I get paid for helping people that went through the horrible thing I went through? It's just weird to me, but I mean, it... it's tough. Cause it's a, it's like you said, it's a very tough topic. I mean, my, my take on it is like twofold. It's like you're spending your time and energy to put out content that helps people. And so if there is a way to take anything from that monetarily that you can invest back into it. So when you buy a mic, it's not completely, you know, 
yeah it's, it's funded but then the other part is like on tiktok the creator funds a joke it's like I know. sense you know so it's not like it's youtube is and and so that was why i was like i'm not gonna do this because there's like rumors that it affects exposure and all this stuff and it's like you know like the whole point of tiktok is to get it in front of as many people as you can yeah if there's a chance that that, that goes away yeah i, I don't like it so either. toxic I was on a, I was in someone's like live the last night or the, just the, like the people making videos. Like I was in a live last night. I was, I live hop like when I'm bored mm. and don't feel like watching TV. And this poor girl was having seizures over mm. and over. There were six people in the live. And I was like, did anyone think about calling a fucking ambulance? And they're like yelled at me and blocked me out of the live and booted me out for asking that question. Hang I'm on, like, there's people there watching someone have a seizure live. Yeah, they're, and they were talking to her through it. They're like, "Just come back to me." I'm like, "Yeah, talking to someone having a seizure isn't going to get them out of a seizure. Like, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Are you guys going to call an ambulance?" And I got kicked out. I send it to a bunch of friends. I'm like, "Go report this. This needs to get taken down. I mean, this is bad." That's insane. That sounds like a Stephen King novel. Like people watching crazy stuff happen on a lot. Like that's wow. The world is crazy place. They like the gore, and I don't because I have a friend. He's a cop, and I was like, I don't get why people want details of my story, like the gory details of the sales. And he said it's just you know the country, the world is just obsessed with gore. Look at video games and the movies that get the most. You know, they're just very graphic. I'm like, I mean, I like watching serial killer movies, but it's just, I just am obsessed with serial killers, but yeah. their mind fascinates me. But, and I'm always fascinated how they get caught. I think that's why I want to go meet them and just be like, so at what point did you slip up and get caught? Like, did you know when you slipped up to get caught? <laughs> but yeah, it's just like gore, it's gross. And I'm like, I like to share what I like to share. I like to talk to people. I like to help people through it. You know, I get a lot of survivors that reach out to me and I talk to like I'm on Instagram and stuff. And I like doing that part of it, but it's just the trauma dumping is so horrible. I hate it. I feel bad saying that, but it's like sometimes for survivors when they never get to tell anyone, when they finally find someone that gets it, they just mm. dump all of it. And it's like a four hour conversation. And I'm just like, oh i'm tired <laughs> yeah, i can't even imagine like the energy that's that you exhaust doing that and like the crazy thing to think about is like what percentage of people that you've helped tell you it's got to be small yeah. you know like it's it's really an, an interesting thing to, to well i had at one girl she was like 13 years old and she followed my Instagram account. I don't know how she found it, but mm. I looked at, I look at everyone that follows me to make sure it's not my trafficker spying. And I, as soon as I seen it, I knew that it was ads. I could tell from the, there's emojis that they use. And I reported it to missing and exploited kids. And she messaged me. It was like a week, maybe two weeks later. And she was like, thank you so much. Like I wanted help. But I didn't know I didn't know how to have it. I'm only allowed on my phone to post a picture. So I just followed you real quick. I was going to go back and message you. I'm like, no, I saw your content. And I was like, this isn't right. And I just reported it. So sometimes it's as like as simple as that. Other times it's like long drawn out conversations. And 
calling all these places to try to find help for them. Like it's a lot. And it's like, people think just because I made it out on the other side that like, I know everything, um, like all over the world. They're like, do you have contacts in like China? No, I do not have contacts in China. So Mm. it's, but it's like, I feel like people are just putting a lot of pressure on survivors. Um, my one friend, she has a blog and she's like, everyone just keeps commenting on her blog asking like for more. And I'm like, I feel like, and I hate, like, I keep saying, I hate saying it, but I do. It's, I feel like people put it on us, the survivors that we need to give all the details, the names, all of this. So we can end trafficking because they're just too lazy and don't want to do it themselves. They don't want to go out in public and like pay attention to the signs and make the call. I have a friend that I'm not speaking to right now because she, there is a girl that is friends with her daughter that's being trafficked and she won't even make the call. I'm just like, don't even, I don't even want to talk to you. Like, I can't do this for you. You have to do this. You know, the girl, I don't. So it's just, it's hard. Cause it's like the world wants us to end it. And I'd love to, I just don't have the power to do it. So in that case, she's worried about the repercussions of, of doing it. Like things come back on her. I don't know what it is. It's, it's yeah. it was just a bunch of excuses like, oh, the cops aren't going to do anything. You don't understand that the cops don't do anything. I'm like, I don't really me, you know, so I don't know what it, she just the girl's denying that it's happening, but she knows a lot of details about something she says isn't happening. I'm like, you need to be the one because that's what I needed. And I never had that. I was the one that escaped myself. I had no help doing it. And I was like, I mean, this is a 17 year old girl. Like you got to be that person. That's what my message is. I don't understand how you can hear me talk about all the times that like my aunts, uncles or anyone didn't make that call and then just not make it. I was like, what makes you different than them? So it's hard. It's people, I think they are scared because, you know, they have that whole glamorized version of trafficking and, you know, it's done like the victims are held in a warehouse that has like armed guards and everything. And I get it, but I'd much rather like if I was in someone if in the position where I saw it, I'd much rather have to defend myself than force a child to go through it. Yeah. And it's this is like really eye opening to me. Like and, and so it seems like based on what we're talking, like the value is on teaching people that like the extremes, like not, I'm not going to put a percentage cause I have literally no idea, but based on what you're saying, it sounds like so much of it's hidden in plain view where the point, like to the mm-hmm. point where someone could be like, eh, it might be, or it might not be like, there's yeah. just like a, an entire lack of education on it. It is, you know? And it's, it's like, they have that, they have a lot of theories going around, like uh, zip ties keeps coming on my stupid for you page that they mark your car. And I'm like, that's not how it happens. It's very rare that you're actually just like kidnapped in a snatch and grab sense. Like 90% of people know they're traffickers. It's like their husbands or their father, mother, you know, most of the time it's the parents. But it's like, when I was kidnapped, I didn't even know I was kidnapped until like two weeks after I was with him. And Mm. we were driving to go visit my family and 
he um was on the phone with his cousin and his cousin was trafficking girls out of Florida and he was like oh no you can't you can't take her to see your family they won't let her leave with you and he's like oh Kelly's not going anywhere right baby and like tapped my leg and I just sat there I'm like oh my god I've been kidnapped like I'm not even here I'm not like I can't leave like it never dawned on me because he just like gaslit me and manipulated me and so much grooming that I thought the guy was doing me a favor by helping me have a house and you know I was working at his friend's club so it's like I thought he was doing me all these great favors and was just a great friend and then Mm. that conversation it just hit and I was like oh my god I've been kidnapped and I went to work like that was a Sunday uh Sunday I went to work Monday and I talked to one of the girls at the club and I'm like I really think this guy kidnapped me I don't think I can leave I'm like and then I just started putting dots together I'm like he makes me run every morning he watches what I eat he holds on to all my money I don't have a cell phone like I just started connecting it and she's like yeah you were kidnapped and it's like it's weird to sit there and say like I went willingly to my own kidnapping and I didn't even know it happened until after the facts, but that's how it happens. They just, they groom you so much and get you to go and you think they're doing you a favor. See, it's so much more subtle than I understood. Yeah. Clearly I'm not uh, alone there. So like, what do you think? This is, this is very uh, vague, but like as someone that, you know, I guess in the personal development space, I mean, I I really like exploring, you know, helping people get through difficult things. And like I said, I certainly can't relate to this, but like, what is something that you think I could do in my work that would be like helpful to that community? Well, number one, don't be like most motivational speakers and start a cult because they usually lead to sex trafficking. I, I, you have my word that will not happen. <laughs> I do I get it though when I listen to your podcast. I'm like, I totally get why people start cults because I would follow this guy. I died drink the Kool-Aid. Totally. Oh would. my god. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about it, but you know, I have a weird sense of humor. But it's just, I mean, even at TED Talks, people probably like they don't get it that traffickers go to things like that. Like um, they'll go to marches to end trafficking because then it's like whenever something happens and like maybe they're under investigation or someone suspects something, it's like, well, no, I donate to such and such. I, I'm I'm fighting against sex trafficking. I'm not a trafficker. Like the first walk I did, it was the most anxious thing I ever did. I had, I had to, put a hat on. I like had a wig on. Cause I was like, so terrified. I was like, there's traffickers here. I can see them. And, but it's just, it's everywhere. It's like, wow. When, um, my husband was in the military when I would go outside cause I have vitamin D deficiency and I would go outside every day and talk to the lady across the street. She homeschooled her kids. So she would take them outside and I would just stand and talk to her. And this little girl was crying like two doors down from her. And I started noticing that it was happening every single day. And I noticed there were different cars out front. And I'm like, this isn't right. So I called and and then I made the call to CPS and to the police to investigate it. And two days later, the mother 
was like, did you know that that woman was arrested? She was selling her daughter. I was like, I had a suspicion. I was hoping I was wrong, but it's just, it's like that easy. Like that, it's just like that in public. That is unbelievable. Yeah. And I think that's why people are clinching to the little St. James Epstein Island thing. Cause it, it keeps it separated from their lives. They don't want it to be as close as it really is. But it's like, you know, when I was talking about my friend whose husband was a buyer, she just thought he was buying prostitutes. And then hearing my story, she was like, what she's like, what percentage do you think of these girls are actually doing this consensually? I'm like, yeah, probably a good portion or not. And she mm. I mean, he passed away before she was able to call the police and everything on him. But after he died, she gave everything to the cops and saved a lot of people. But it's like if she had never met me, never came across my TikTok, she'd have no idea that it was trafficking. She just thought, oh, you know, he's just buying women because he doesn't want to sleep with me anymore. I'm like, yeah, it's how it looks sometimes. Like a lot of people also don't think about nail salons. They're huge for labor trafficking, like huge at labor trafficking, but they're legal. So there's no reason for police to go in and investigate. But it's like every time I go, I like I can't do it anymore. I think that's a part of why I went to cosmetology school to do it myself. But it's like, I'm sure, do you get your nails done? You look a little like metrosexual. <laughs> I've never gotten my nails done. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like when you go in, like a guy walks up to the front and then he tells you where to sit. And then you give that, like the person doing your nails, the money, and they go put it somewhere else. Like, and I, I always ask them, I'm like, are you here willingly? Do you need help? Cause like, I could help get you away from this. And they just look all scared every time. But it's like, if a victim doesn't come forward at a nail salon, they'll never investigate a nail salon. But most of them are labor trafficking organizations, at least like the big one, like the ones at the malls that everyone goes to. It's right, sad. Right. And it is, it's just, it's that much in people's faces. They just don't want to see it. I think like my brother, when I finally told him everything that happened, he said, I like the way he said it was like, it's not that he doesn't believe me. It's hard for him to believe that our parents are those kinds of monsters. And I think that's what gets in the way is people just don't want to think about their kid's coach being that kind of monster because it's just yeah. too, it's too real. Yeah. It's and it's like not, it's, it's not knowing what to look for. It's like, I can think of so many barriers and like the percentage, like, you know, like the odds are probably more no than yes. So that might prevent <clears throat> people from asking, but then you could, if you did ask to your point, like make, save someone's life, you know, it's just tricky. It is. It's a crazy world. And it, it, it does. It's like, statistically so there were 16 apartments in my building statistically four girls are being trafficked out of my apartment building they're not because i know my neighbors very well but if mm -hmm. i went just statistically there should be four trafficking victims here like that's how common wow. it is but it's like people just don't get it and it's like i feel like I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, but no one's listening sometimes because they latch onto the zip ties and the flowers and the creepy people at Walmart. I'm like, you know, serial killers still exist. Like the creepy guy at Walmart could just be a creepy guy. Creepy people exist. 
I married a creepy guy, but not that kind of creepy. <laughs> a good kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of creepy too. But, you know, it's like, and like one person, um, it was a video that I saw like a long time ago about the Walmart thing. And she's like, you're filled or like you're at a store filled with things to defend yourself. Scream if you're scared. Throw cans of soup at them. And I'm just like, see, you get it. Why doesn't anyone else? They talk about, oh, my sisters, brothers, girlfriends, aunts, mom was followed by this couple and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, I'm followed by a lot of people. I have a cute service dog. They follow me sometimes. They're not traffic, always traffickers. Right, but it's right. like some people make videos and my friends tag me in them and I'm like, does that woman like look like like it's like oh my god I almost just got trafficked I can't I'm so scared guys I can't even take my mask off I'm like so scared you can't take your mask off but you stayed in the fucking parking lot didn't think to move your car to a different parking lot before you opened up TikTok and made a video about it and then there's some moms that are like my daughter was almost trafficked and this just happened and blah 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 I'm like you don't really look like your kid was just almost kidnapped dude I'd be a little bit more upset, but yeah, it's hard. It's a big deal. It's, and it is, it's like trying to fight through all the rumors. And then it's like, you don't want to call someone a liar, but sometimes I watch videos and I'm just like, you are lying so much. It's so obvious. Like you weren't nearly trafficked. You were nearly taken, which is a separate thing, but I don't think people really understand what trafficking is. Yeah. I think that's a huge, it's it's definitely an uphill battle. I try, but it's like, if you don't say names of politicians, people just don't care. They're just like, whatever. That's crazy. That's why it's so important. You're doing what you're doing, you know? Yeah, I'm trying. Educating the peeps. Yeah. It's exhausting work. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I think that's why, like, I had just downloaded this cool sniper game. And it's very relaxing. And my husband's yeah. like, should I be scared? Cause I'm like, yes, headshot, headshot, headshot. And he's, I was like, I get headshots almost every time. And he's like, should I be worried? I'm like, probably go cook dinner. <laughs> You're just accurate, you know, mm -hmm. but it is, oh, it's hard. Well, Hey, you have it I, easy. Uh... You just get to like repeat quotes. <laughs> Share stories. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot uh, lot less heavy. That's for sure. It hits yeah. deep, though, your stuff. It's, like, weird. Because sometimes I'm like, ooh, like, I feel that in my soul. Like, I've been doing my life all wrong. Well, you I mean, probably noticed this. It's like, uh, I've been doing my life all wrong. That, <laughs> that had, like, a, a three-second delay on me. I, I'm sure you have not been doing your life all wrong. Uh, but, like, people are are not rational their emotional no. like mm -hmm. you know in order to move anyone you have to be able to relate to them on an emotional level yeah and like that's what i keep learning well over like and over and over again. it seems off topic but there was um an ice skating competition and this 17 year old kid did a quad axle and mm -hmm. this one person just started talking so much crap about him on twitter like, oh, his technique isn't that good. Who cares that he did a quad axle? I was like, dude, it's all right. He made me feel like a failure too, but I'm not talking shit about a 17-year-old on Twitter. And the guy's like, 
he really doesn't have that good of a technique. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. He just nailed like a quad axle. Literally, no one's ever done it in this competition. It's cool. You can feel like a failure. (laughs) But it is, it's it's like people want, I think it's also, they want that instant gratification too. People project online so much. Mm-hmm. I like there's a saying, you know, there's two ways to have the tallest building. You can either build your own or knock someone else's down. Like mm-hmm. the, the default is everyone wants to tear everyone else down. It's such, such garbage. But, yeah. They have that one quote. I don't know who said it. Cause I'm pretty sure it always says unknown, but it says like, if someone drowns in five inches of water and another person drowns in seven feet of water, they're both just as dead. And I'm like, I love that because it's like, I hear it all the time. Like my trauma was nowhere near as bad as yours. I'm like, it doesn't mean it doesn't count. Like Mm. I don't cancel yours out. Everyone handles life all differently. You know, like if I got kidnapped by a serial killer, I'd be thrilled. You'd probably be scared you were going to die. I'd be like, dude, I'll kill with you. Like, let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not really, but you know, it's just everyone handles everything different, but it's like some people, they just, they want that instant gratification. And that's in the survivor community, there is a lot of one-upping where it's like, oh, so yeah, that happened to me, but way worse. And I'm just like, it's not a competition. Like we're all crazy here. We don't need to compete on who's crazier. Like, let's all just be crazy together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. In, have you read? Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. It's like Victor Frankl's most famous book. I probably uh, not. Um, man, search for meaning. Uh, so, like, he talks about like because the Jews during the Holocaust obviously suffered beyond imagination too, right? So yeah, and he's like suffering is like a gas that fills any room. So like to your point, when you're comparing them, it's impossible because the smallest thing can completely be held. So like how many celebrities have we seen kill themselves that were like, you had it all, man, what are you Mm -hmm. doing? Right. You can't, you it's very hard to quantify pain. You you just can't, can't do that. I learned a lot actually from my son because he has autism. So he, his whole sensory system is strange. Like not Mm. even like talking literally, I have seen him run across my 1300 square foot apartment straight into a wall. And I'm just like, didn't that hurt you? I mean, I bump into the bed mattress and I'm like, ow, you know, like, yeah, doesn't that hurt you? And he's like, no, it feels good. I'm like, please stop running into walls. (laughs) He does. He loves it. But it's when he's in sensory overload and he's seeking, it's a seeking behavior. But it's like, I learned so much because it's like, he'll stub his toe and it'll hurt him in such a different way than me stubbing my toe. And then it was Mm. like, I kind of moved that over into like recoveries, you know, like, yeah, my trauma was horrific. It was absolutely horrible, but there, there could be someone out there that was raped once that handles it a lot worse than I did. I became immune to it eventually because I dissociated and just separated from my body so much. So it's like, you can't really compare situations, but I feel like people do. It's like, and it breaks my heart when people are like, you didn't have it as bad as I did. I'm like, how do you know? Like, you're yeah. not talking. I'm talking and sharing my story. So maybe you did have it worse. I think it's so inspiring. Like what, 
what you've gone through and how you're serving the the serving people with it like it's just so cool uh and that's not relatable to me like that you know what i mean like that's it's very yeah. easy for me to be like oh this moved me and sit down and tell a story like what you're doing there's skin in the game as it's called you know it's just uh yeah anyway long story short is i admire you and what you're doing thank you i admire you too I am shocked. Sure. I'm like starstruck struck right now. But how do you pick your quotes? Like, do you fiddle through books? Like, I can just picture you sitting at your desk, like, <laughs> like flipping through a book. Oh, this is a good quote. I'm going to make a 45 minute episode about this quote. I'm like, how does he talk that much about like three words? <laughs> yeah, it's like when they when they when they intersect with something that's happening in my life. So like Evernote is kind of it's like the quote is people like quotes, quotes simplify complex things. So like the quote comes secondary to the idea, you know? So like if mm -hmm. something happened or I'm like, oh, this is a really cool topic or like this helped me, maybe it'll help other people. I'm going to write about this. Then I'm like, all right, what's one quote I can start it off with that like sums it up real quick. Yeah. You know? So like you give people a little taste of what the episode's going to be about before you dive in. Yeah. Cause I see all those books behind you and I'm just how many times have you flipped through for a quote? Cause you're like, I don't know what to talk about today. I need a quote. <laughs> yeah. I don't, have I ever done that? I don't know that I have. I don't know that I have. I usually just go online or like I consume so many books on audible now that, you know, you can just bookmark stuff. So I should probably expect a podcast episode with my drowning quote in like the next week or so. <laughs> yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter how much water you drown in. I need you to know that. It's true, though. I mean, it puts it in a good perspective, like yeah. the least traumatizing one. I was just like, if like I used to tell people, if you're eaten by a bear or eaten by a lion, you're still dead. <laughs> and I'm like, some people are like, that's a bit graphic. I'm like, yeah, I should probably find a better quote. That's true. That's funny. That was my first thought when you said that. I'm like, what's the inversion of that? <laughs> Where like you're saying the same thing, but like in a in a really in a graphic way. way yeah i don't know i'll have to think about it but when you make this quote you have to cite me or i'm gonna because oh yeah of course that's one thing I've, i i don't steal quotes or like i've, I've always been very mm -hmm. good about like my worst nightmare would be someone being like hey that's my idea like oh. i don't ever hear anything in my podcast episodes and yours ever <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god i just talked about that and my husband's like did you publish it yet i'm like well no <laughs> he's like i I, don't... Hacked, I hacked your phone yeah i got like that's my that's how i get my content i'm, I'm sure <laughs> oh my god i do i drive my husband crazy i'm just like i'm always talking to him about all this like tiktok stuff and i was like I saw this video, babe. You got to watch it. It's hysterical. And he's like, what is wrong with you? That's not funny. I'm like, mm, I think it's hysterical. I can't remember what it was. You know, there's a place for dark humor. It's like, I think <laughs> I think it's it's awesome because it's, it's rare. I don't think it's a dark humor thing. I think it's just not funny stuff. Like with, they had a really bad ice storm in Seattle a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever been to Seattle, but all the streets are like really slanted, like you see in the movies about San Francisco and people were just sliding down them. 
And someone made a video on TikTok and they showed a person sliding down the street and then cut to a scene from Titanic when the ship was sinking and the people were all dropping down. I thought it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's and my clever. husband's like, that is not funny. I'm like, dude, like it is though. Like that looks the same. Like they probably could have like redo the entire movie just from these videos on TikTok. He's See, like- that's that's a brilliance that like someone does that for a living like yeah. that, you know, coming up with that type of stuff. It's impressive. I don't know that my mind could have gone there. Oh, my mind did. The first time I saw someone going down, I was like, Whoa, this ship is going down. But my kid's fun though. I watched the movie Titanic with him. He's like, I'm confused though. I thought it was the Olympia that sank. I'm like, I love you. He's so into conspiracy theories. <laughs> There is a conspiracy theory going around that it wasn't the Titanic. It was the sister ship, the Olympia, is the crash site that they keep showing. And that the Titanic actually made it? Yeah. they Well, kind of. They were taken somewhere else. And I forget the, the whole thing, but it, it has to do with the Federal Reserve and stuff. But he saw a video about it and he's just like, why'd they name the movie Titanic if it was the Olympia? I'm oh like... I love you so much, Ked. Like, you're so great with conspiracy theories. But kid's, um, kid's got a head start. He does. <laughs> he has very philosophical type conversations with me. Yeah. And I'm just like, your your child? Like, maybe we'll talk about this in 10 years. But he loves the show Last Man Standing. I have literally been watching it on repeat for about five years because he won't watch anything else on TV. So like one time there's this one scene where uh did you ever see it with Tim Allen? No. It's hysterical. I love that show. But there was one scene where they meet their neighbors and um Mike Baxter's the head um like the lead character and he was like um yeah, they were talking about sports and the guy Chuck was like um, saying, yeah, you know, like I let my kid take a break and came back and now he's the biggest, you know, gets the most points. And he's like, what's he do, like 20 and 30 points? And he's like, more like two. He plays water polo. And the wife was like, why would you assume that he played basketball? Because it, it was an African-American couple. And he's mm -hmm. like, why would I assume he plays water polo? And the scene's hysterical, just the way they lay it out. And I just, I never under, like, I didn't realize how much my son absorbs, but my husband went to the store and he, he asked me for something. And I was like, well, daddy's going to be home in like just a couple minutes. Can you wait? And he's like, he's not at work. I'm like, no, he went to the store. And he's just like, why would I assume he plays water polo? I'm like, oh my God, kid. Like, how can you turn everything in life? To a last man standing like reference, like he does it in the stores too. I'm just like, I need to write Tim Allen and be like, you have destroyed my life <laughs> because like my whole life surround, like I, he went, he didn't go trick or treating this year because there was an episode where the kid dresses up as a rock and, uh, or a piece of coal. And the dad's like, Oh, I wanted to send a message. And he's like, what's the message? I want to get hit by a car. And all the costumes at the store were black. And he's like, I don't want to get hit by a car. I'm like, I'll wear a flashing light. So you'll be fine. See, that's to have that foresight that young. Like that wouldn't, it's in my crazy. early twenties, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> he it's does. Impressive. He impressive. is. I love my kid, but 
I'm like, I had a 4.5 GPA when I graduated high school. Like I was really smart. And now I feel so dumb just because of a nine-year-old's like the laws of physics. I'm like, like, and he goes through equations and stuff. Like when the first time I sat down with him to homeschool him when he was, um, he was about five mm-hmm. and I was like, what's nine plus eight. And he's like 17. I'm like, like that quick. I'm like, how did you figure that out that quick? Like you're five. Well, 10 plus 10 is 20 and eight minus 10 is two and nine minus 10 is one. One plus two is three and three minus 20 is 17. I'm like, did you just turn that into like a complex math problem and then solve it in less than a second in your head? He's like, uh-huh. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to teach you. <laughs> he also knows what a zeptosecond is. Like he came in and he's like, mom, how do you spell zeptosecond? I'm like, what is that? The fastest increment of time on the earth. I'm really? like, what? <laughs> how do you know what that is? He's like, I was just curious. So I Googled it. I'm like, what kid is thinking about the fastest increment of time? That's he's going to he's going to cure cancer or something. Well, probably because he came up to me and brought he added all these things on my Amazon wish list. And I'm like, what is all this fidget stuff? Oh, I read that it's really good to calm autistics kids anxiety down to have fidget toys. I'm like, are you literally that self-aware? of your anxiety like i know grown adults he's treating himself at five years old i know oh my I know, god everyone's like does he do therapy no he does it himself <laughs> yeah he's a good kid amazing definitely amazing. not from my genes i mean if you met my daughters they're really crazy i love yeah. them but they're nuts <laughs> they're very into anime and <sighs> they have a little too much fun with photoshop we'll just leave it at that but yeah, my daughter, she's writing a book and it's about a kid that gets like kidnapped and all this stuff. So she's asking me about all these laws and stuff. And I'm like, you are aware that you're probably on the FBI's like watch list, right? She's like, yeah, I'm aware. She's like, my Google search is crazy. I'm like, what's your, what's the obsession with the kidnapping? She's like, I just like torturing Sogo. I guess that's like her favorite anime character. I'm like you need therapy. She's like, this is my therapy. I tried therapy. It didn't work. I'm like, okay. Oh my God. So she creates like, she creates like memes. Is that what you mean? No, like fan fiction. She's writing like an entire book. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm like, and she, and I'm her fact checker. She's like, mom. And like, cause I got, it was, I was so weirded out by it because she sent me a like a screenshot of custodial interference and my ex-husband they live with Mm -hmm. so i was just like is she trying to give me a hint or something like like i was nervous i'm like why are you talking to me about custodial interference because that's basically when a parent like the absent parent takes the kids it's the Mm -hmm. same as kidnapping but you know a parent and she's like oh no i need it for my book and i'm like don't I, I was like I really hope no one ever goes missing from your neighborhood I really do because you're gonna be looked at she's smart though she's a smart kid I wish she did yeah. I wish she didn't torture Sogo though but then I like reached out to a friend and I'm like I don't know what's going on she says he's so hot and she's like dude he is I'm like it's a cartoon <laughs> we're adults <laughs> now <laughs> oh my god it's a high IQ household you got. Yeah. 
kids make life fun. They really do. If you raise them right. Yeah. Like, I know. My, my son blows my mind now. And he's given me a whole new perspective of life. The running into walls thing. I'm just like, <laughs> he's like, it feels good. Yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty like, sure it doesn't. There's no upside there, buddy. Yeah, someday. I'm uh, I'm planning on having kids, but not there yet. A little bit uh, behind the curve. So, No rush. I mean, it's I feel like I'll be 40 at the end of March. And yeah. like my old, middle daughter is going to be 18 this year. And I'm just like, I feel too young to have two adult kids. I wish I would have waited. Really? But then chasing my son around, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have waited that long. I was going to say, it's got to be kind of nice now that you've raised them and they're adults, you know? Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, I love my daughters, but they are, they are crazy. They're just like me. They're like my clones. So it's hard because I'm like, why are you exactly like me? I don't like it. And they're like, are you going to change yourself? No. <laughs> But they have like that smart ass attitude, just like I do. Like we just, we just giggle and like we have a group chat going. And my husband, like as soon as I go into it, he's like, yeah, I've lost you to your kids, haven't I? I'm like, yeah. Like he tries to have like really like con like conversations, like norm what you would call normal conversations. I'm like, what? We don't talk about stuff like that. I'm like, you're making sense. We don't make sense together. <laughs> normal things are not part of the... uh no part of the usual conversation kids are fun though they get to carry on your legacy my middle daughter's mad because i told her she gets my turtles when i die because they live to be like 50 so are they in your house like you have uh -huh. oh I've, cool i didn't know if you like adopted them you know what i mean well i bought them at a pet store so i guess that's kind of adopting them but they um i have 225 gallon tanks in my bedroom oh my god okay yeah That's so i've cool. eight and they're all named after game of thrones characters so are my cats so is my dog i've never seen the show though i don't like it at all just <laughs> no, the I've, names i've seen it a thousand times oh, okay I love that show <laughs> sarcasm went right over my head there but, okay <laughs> well it's like when i go out they ask like what my dog's name is i'm like nymeria and they're like, oh, have you ever seen Game of Thrones? I'm like, no, I've never even heard of it. <laughs> never. Yeah, interesting. They're like, oh, there's a, oh, a dire wolf. And I've seen the show. That's where I came up with the name. It's not like I just picked Nymeria. It's not like, you know, like Sally, like a normal name. It was one of the top names of 2022. Really? Nymeria. Was it? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I know. What uh, Olivia was. It was Olivia and... I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember. But I was surprised that Olivia was because I always found that to be a unique name. And I'm like, oh, there must be some like character or something that. Well, the um, from SVU, her name's Olivia. <laughs> That's it. Everyone's watching SVU now. I, I, I did, but it's on like it's like 27,000th season and they're repeating the same cases over and over, just turning them a little bit different. And I'm like. I kind of watched this like 10 years ago. It's the same thing with Grey's Anatomy, too. They're yeah. on their 19th season. See, I didn't know those shows were still going. Yeah. I don't think they should that long. I liked Game of Thrones. It was over in eight seasons. I think that's a good time. 
I was very upset about Dexter, though. The way that ended was devastating. I cried mm. for three days. Did you? Mm-hmm. I love Dexter. Well, he he was a serial killer that killed bad people. So I had an unreal, like a irrational attachment because he probably, if he was a real person, probably would have killed my parents and saved me. But That's I will heavy. always mourn him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw the uh, the first season, I think. But uh, yeah. I was going to say, I think we should probably wrap it up. God, it's been like a while that we've been chatting. Is there yeah. any of your like favorite inspirational quotes you want to leave with my <laughs> listeners? <laughs> Let me see here. Um, I'm. What's something that well, we're kind of bouncing around a little bit. I, I mean, one of my favorites is uh, a Nietzsche quote. And uh, he says, those uh, who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who couldn't hear the music. That's one mm. of my one of my favorites because, um, you know, I I mean, I, I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs about building things that aren't there, and that sort of, you know, that metaphorical, you know, crazy, and you feel like, you know, the world is against you, and you know, no one believes what you want to build, and you have to see it before everyone else does. But that that can apply to, uh, I think, a lot of what we're talking about, and people for whatever reason going through their own pain and their own individual hell. It's like there yeah. is uh, an outcome that serves you there and it's available. You just have to start by believing it, you know, and then making those small te- steps towards it. So yeah, that's, that's one of my, my favorites. See, I hear that and think he just predicted AirPods because I, I walk around in stores listening to Justin Bieber and saying, and they're like, why are you just yeah. randomly singing Justin Bieber? I'm like, that's- AirPods. That's why you're having he's just the precursor to silent discos. That's all Nietzsche was, you know. <laughs> That's a good quote though, but it is. It's like I think like I run into it a lot because a lot of people are always like, How do you how are you so functional? And it's mm. like you can get past trauma, you can get past anything if you put your mind to it. And just because I look okay and I sound like I'm doing okay doesn't mean I don't have bad days. I do have a lot. Uh, two nights ago, I was having like panic attacks. So yeah. bad is like so debilitating, but it's a good. Which again quote. is not why I want to beat a dead horse, or I don't want to beat a dead horse, but it's why like I think what you're doing is so crucial, right? Because it's like one, you've evolved and like you're living a functional life. Like it's just incredible what you're doing, and two, like it's not always easy either and like i think both of those messages would just mean the world to people and it's just so awesome uh what you're doing so thank you i'm trying yeah yeah (laughs) i just i I was prepared for the oh you're lying and that kind of stuff but some of the the last like what is it lashback whatever it is whatever the word Mm -hmm. is some of it i wasn't prepared for especially like People tell God, people tell me if I don't say my parents' names publicly that I'm no different than they are and I'm helping people get trafficked. I'm like, really? Like, really? That's just ignorance. Yeah, it is. It's a sad. That's just ignorance. But well, hey, thank you for uh for having me on. I can't tell Thanks you. Thanks for coming on. It. So wild. I'm still like, this isn't happening. This is fun. <laughs> 
and I'll make sure. I, I want to find you on Instagram because I, I follow you on Twitter and TikTok and your I think podcast. I, I follow you on Insta. I think that's the only platform you don't follow me back on. Okay, I'll have to find you on there. And then, uh, yeah, when you post this, I'll uh, be sure to pump it out there. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on. It was so much fun. I'm sure hey. my my husband's <laughs> going to be so annoyed for the next week because I'm just going to constantly talk about it and make him listen to it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> no i had a blast and enjoy uh the puppy that's so exciting thanks she's i was trying to take a nap and my husband gave her a piece of ham and she determined that mommy needed to wake up so she could see that she had it and if i ignore her she just buries stuff under me she's like a big hamster because i wake up and i have like toys and all sorts of stuff under me she's fun yeah. She's good in the stores. She does her job good, but it's like when she's not working, I'm just like, God, you are crazy. <laughs> Work hard, play hard. You know, the pup's got it. Yeah, she's so. got it better than most people. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And I want to thank my listeners for the continued love and support and hope you all have a good day.